0: Lord, we just, we pray that you will prepare our hearts for all that you have in store for us today. Even though it's daunting walking into a room that's laid out differently, we just pray that you will prepare our hearts to meet with you and to connect together as the family of God, united in you. So just mould and shape our hearts and minds today. Amen. Okay, so um, in John 17 it says, My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they, be, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So we're here together, united together, and we're going to feast and, and um, finish our series on the fruits of the Spirit. We're talking today about growing in fruitfulness. Lord, we pray that you will mould us and shape us, take away any fear, anxiety, darkness. You have no place here. Lord, we pray that you will fill us with your light and your love. We pray that we will all feel Welcome to take our place here at the table. Mm. Neither nobody is excluded; everybody is included. And we just thank you that you include us all into your family, Lord. I pray for Julia as she reads your word now. Prepare our hearts and minds for all you have for us. Amen
1: is from Matthew 13, 3 to 8, and 18 to 32. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. 18 to 32 says, Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a 160 or 30 times what was sown. The parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answers, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. The parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds... Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its
0: branches. Thank you. So on the table, there's a big tablecloth. It needs to be packed full of food. Can you start, while I'm talking, can you start drawing food and maybe... Think of the verses that we've been sharing. You can write because food isn't just physical, is it? We've been talking about food being the word of God, so you can pack it all full of um, verses while while I'm talking. But first of all, just we're going to have a little video clip of how a seed grows. So why don't you talk amongst yourselves about um, what you noticed about the plant growing? Was there anything specific that you noticed? Um, What did the plant need to grow? So perhaps chat to the person next to you about what you noticed. (laughs) Does anyone want to share what they noticed? Tricia? Um,
1: although we're, they're all different, and we're all different, um, the Bible allows us to be different because he needs us to be different to co- accompany each other and, and, and flourish.
0: So that's what I got out of my fruit. Does anyone notice anything about the plant growing? It needs a lot of love. Yeah, It watering. needed love. Yeah, lots of water. Yeah. Yeah lots of water did you see how quickly the water went down each time the, the
1: roots were down growing down yeah and the tree was growing up and then the leaves were forming and the more water was added the more as the days were going by it was um, growing up
0: yes yeah and it, it survived in the water for a bit, but it needed the soil, didn't it? After it a little while. Time. It took time. It took time. it doesn't
1: go overnight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I said to Brian, what I noticed was the first thing, it was in darkness, it was wrapped up. And yes. I said, it, "I." in Genesis, um, and it depends on what translation you got, it says that the, there was darkness over the earth, and it says the Holy Spirit brooded. It was, it hovered, yeah. but some translations say brooded, which gives the analogy of a parent, like waiting for something to give, to be born. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it goes back to. Um, sorry, I can't remember your name about your mm. testimony. Of you know, sometimes we go to things and we. Our expectations aren't met, and it might seem dark, but God is doing his greatest creative work, Mm. often in the darkness, which we forget,
0: Mm. in the unseen. And did you see it took 40 days (coughs) when it was wrapped in darkness before it came out? (laughs) I didn't notice that before, but I noticed that just now. 40 days. I think it's
1: very exciting, because I think
0: God is highlighting very in very different ways this
1: morning, amongst us, that he's working, he's working deeply in the church, and that uh, we should stop our worrying, um, which is easier said than done, because we're all human, but he understands that.
0: So the the things that um, the plant needed then, so what's needed for growth? Well, it needed, we said water, didn't it? And I thought that reading um, the Bible, is a bit like taking in the water. In John 4:14, 4, it says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's been, been at,
1: because of the shortness of water and the heat, if we're not drinking, then well, we're not refreshing yeah. ourselves and that's what God wants us to refresh ourselves by that yeah. analogy again.
0: So the Bible is is often described as food and drink. Yeah. And then and then the next thing just we I to Paul about something and he was
1: saying about the number forty two. Some of you will know where we're going, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and it struck me that seven sixes are 42. God created the world in seven days, and he told us to work for six and rest for one. Mm. So even in that, there was God.
0: (laughs) Okay. so the other things that's needed for growth is air, the carbon dioxide. And again, I thought, I was thinking about it a bit like prayer. It's a two-way process. You breathe in, you breathe out. You chat to God, he chats back. Romans 12, 12 says, never stop praying. You never stop breathing, do you? It's constant. Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Um, The plant also needs soil. And I thought that was a bit like the church, the the support from other believers. The soil is the support. Colossians 2, 6-7 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And we do this by being rooted into a loving and supportive church, a gathering of believers. And then later in that parable, the soil is us. Who's the church? It's made up of us, isn't it? The people then the plant also needs light to survive. And again, I thought that was a bit like our worship. Photosynthesis is a a miraculous thing, isn't it? It's the process where light is used to turn the carbon dioxide and the water into the nutrients that it needs to grow. It creates um, into sugar, and that's what makes it grow. So we need the praise and worship to lift us, to help us make sense and process all our thoughts and prayers, all the Bible reading that we do, and to turn all of this life into into life and growth. John 2, 24 says, God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So then, again, we were talking about how it looked dead didn't we and when we when a seed it's buried into the ground isn't it and then we wait and then suddenly it starts to shoot up so it's a bit like when we throw a dead log on the fire it takes a little while and then suddenly it catches and blazes and um, we need to uh, in our lives we need to die to ourselves, don't we? All of the things that we want have to die. Jesus said to them, if anyone wants to follow me, he must give up himself and his own desires. He must take up his cross every day and follow me. A bit like baptism is a symbol, isn't it? We go down, bit, our old life is buried, and we come up a new creation in Christ, bursting out of the water, growing into new life. Michael Green says, The kingdom comes when the seed, the soil and the seed get together. The seed is the word of God. So in the creation, God created, and his, it was his word, wasn't it, that spoke, and stuff happened. And that's what happens when we hear God's word. Stuff starts to happen. His kingdom comes into our lives. So when we hear the parable that Julia read, has the words bounced off me? Has it begun to grow in me? Is it just for Sundays? Or um, when pressure and suffering and other people's opinions come along, does it get suffocated out? Do we still have faith when trouble comes? Or am I growing well? Do I grow good fruit? And am I seeing others around me growing growing good fruit as well, growing because of my input? That's like the fire. You know how pa- Pam said, when you meet another person, you ca- both catch a light, don't you? So what's your heart like? The seed needed to fall on good soil, good foundations so that it could grow. If the heart's hard, it just bounces off or birds come along and steal it, eat it. The enemy comes along, eats it. If the heart's shallow and good foundations haven't been established, then faith is weak. You know, it's very easy to pull a weed out of a patio, isn't it? Mm. Um, and are other thing, things taking priority in our lives that choke out God's words, like thorns, or are we, do we have good soil? Is our heart in a good place to receive God's words? I wonder what our heart is like, what your heart's like. But also, what are we like as a church? What's our church foundation like? You know, as a church, we come collectively together, and I wonder what our church heart looks like. What's our foundation like? Are we united as one? As he scatters his words, are we all growing together as one? Because what you go through affects us all. And we're working together as unity, as church should be. Then that's what should be happening. What's happening to you is also happening to me. Because we're one body in Christ, aren't we? We're family. And, and we all pull together. John 17:20. Again, I, I read this earlier but I'm going to read it again because I think it's key my prayer is not for them he's talking about the disciples it's not for them alone I pray also for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one Father just as you are in me and I am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, and then the world will know that you sent me and you have loved them even as you have loved me. So we walk through life together, don't we? Doing life together. Acts two, forty-two, forty-seven is our motto text, isn't it, for the year? The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes And ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we all come together, we sit together at the table, we all have our place. How does a plant grow fruit? So normally, a bee or an insect comes along, collecting the pollen, taking it to another plant, which then pollinates. And it then produces fruit and new life. So we need need that a seed is needed. um, A seed and an egg from a male and a female, that both are needed. We're all important. We need other people to grow. We need each other. We need to be like active bees going out on a mission to spread the good news, to tell other people the good news. And then I, I want to touch on the uh, parable of the weeds. It says that we're told the field, the field is the world, in verse 38, And those who belong to the kingdom are the seed grown by God, the sower. So membership into the kingdom means adoption into the family of God. And we're called righteous, not only because they are in a right relationship with the Father, but because they live and behave in the right way too, following God's ways. What's said about the sons of the evil one is quite shocking, isn't it? It says that they were were sown by the devil to do evil and they're lawless they're rebels against God's rules and therefore their destiny is destruction that's quite hard to hear in society isn't it that we're living amongst people like that and the weeds steal all the nutrients don't they 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 take away the goodness they crowd the space but we're still called to live alongside them so, we should be treating evil with seriousness, but we also need to be thinking about eternity. So, you know, when you have a holiday booked and you start planning for it, you sort of start researching about the area, don't you? And you start planning, packing your suitcase, planning what you're going to do. Do we do that about heaven? Do we do our research? Do we delve into the Bible and find out all there is to know about heaven? Do we get prepared? Are we packing our bags? <laughs> Not being weighed down by them, but are we ready? Are we getting our headspace ready? Are we thinking about eternity? Are we sharing that news with other people? When you book a holiday, you get excited, you tell everyone, don't you? Are we telling everyone? The parable suggests that we will carry on with the two worlds living side by side until the end. There's different lifestyles there, isn't there? Are we different from the world, or do we fit in? We're called to be in the world, but not of it. And that can be hard sometimes, can't it? Is there a clear distinction there? We need to have firm identity in Christ to know that we're his, so that we don't get distracted and pulled away. He's bigger than any other power in the world. And Mark Green sums it up in his book called um, Fruitfulness on the Front Line. All forms of fruitfulness have their source in Christ, the vine, and in the sovereign tending of the Father. All forms of fruitfulness ultimately will bring glory to his name and contribute to others, seeing a clearer and clearer picture of who he is. And praise God for that. And I just wanted to read from 1 Peter as well, verse, um, chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. It says, um, But you're not like that. You are chosen people. You are kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. This is so that you can show others the goodness of God." for he called you out of darkness and into the wonderful light. Once you were not a people, now you are the people of God. Once you received none of God's mercy, and now you've received his mercy. Dear brothers and sisters, you're foreigners and aliens here, so I warn you to keep away from evil desires, because they fight against your very souls. Be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbours, Even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will believe and give honour to God when he comes to judge the world. And then let's talk about the mustard seed. Compared to the world, Christians can sometimes feel really small, can't we? The mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds there are, but it goes through probably the biggest transformation because the mustard seed grows into a massive garden plant, one of the largest garden plants. And then look at that massive tree compared to the tiny little seeds. The growth is phenomenal, and it supports birds. And so God's message isn't just for us, it's for others as well. We can reach out and support others. So how do we grow in love and peace? How do we grow in love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, we pray, we read the Bible, we surround ourselves with other Christians. We can't grow on our own, can we? If we go off on our own, we, we think we're okay. you know if you're if you're at home all day, so normally the kids are at school feels at work, I'm at home on my own, I can I can feel quite good about myself, feeling like I'm quite a loving, patient person. But when they come home and make a mess, when they've been at home all the summer holidays, my love, my patience is tested. <laughs> it's when we're with other people that we're tested, isn't it? And that's where the hard work is. We you know Um, A bridge is a man-made structure. God created the world with mountains and valleys, and it's often in the valleys that's the richest place, isn't it? Full of life, and that can be quite a dark place sometimes when we go through struggles, but that's where we get the most growth. And when we come up onto the top of a mountain, we can see where we've been, we can see where we're going, but it's in the valley that's the most growth, and it's when we're with other people that we get the most growth. We need to keep exercising our muscles to grow, don't we? So we need to exercise those um, muscles of love and joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all those things. It says um, in Matthew 13, the seed that fell on the good ground are the people who hear and understand the message. So are we going to hear and understand that message and grow that good fruit? John 15:5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Sometimes we're pruned back so that we can grow more fruit. But Jesus, in the garden of, um, you know, when Mary was grieving for Jesus, she mistook him for the gardener. He is the gardener, isn't he? He's the gardener who's the perfect gardener. I'm a rubbish gardener. I tend to get very absent-minded. I forget to water my plants. I leave them out in the scorching sun, and then I overcompensate by watering them too much. But God is the perfect gardener. He knows just how much we need. And actually, we need that daily drip, drip, drip of water, don't we? That daily reading of scripture, that constant prayer, breathing in and out, and the right balance of worship as well, with light. Right. So on your table, you have some post-it notes which are lovely fruit-shaped today. So I wonder what it is that God's put on your heart today. We're just going to respond. We've got this tree here. We want it to be full of life, full of fruit. So I want you to just write down maybe what God's been speaking to you about today. Maybe there's a fruit that you want to grow more in. What can you do to get your heart in, into the, a good place to grow good seeds? Have a think about that. May the, May the grace of our, of, of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, the, the love Lord of God, and, and the, the fellowship, fellowship of, of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.